Oh, that's wild. That right? watermelon kombucha is incredible. Yeah. Have you ever seen the dude that makes these? No, but I imagine he kind of looks... Does he... In my head, he looks like uh, that dude, Randy. What's his name? You know, Randy, incredible... Oh, like from South Park? No, 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 no. Oh. Ray, you know, the guy with the beard who's always like, I don't think it's a real trick, you know? He's a real skeptical guy. Oh, James uh, Randy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does d- he look like James Randy? No, he doesn't. He oh. doesn't look anything what like What does James he look Randy. like? He looks like uh, Nosferatu combined with like a Silicon Valley dude. There's no way. I'm looking this up. Hold up. GT's Kombucha. Shout out GT. <laughs> yeah, GT Dave. That's his name. Like GT Dave. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Woof. That kombucha is working. And it says here he's 131 years old. I don't know how he is. <laughs> they, uh, I, I think it was uh, Vice or somebody like that did a piece on him and made him look like the biggest tool in the entire world. And then uh, these other YouTubers that I follow did a reaction video on that. And he thought it was so funny that he reached out and they did like a real interview with him. And he's like, not like that at all. He's like a pretty normal dude. But they just did that. They like literally had him holding a falcon oh on like God. the edge of this infinity pool, at like the back of his house. And he's uh, he's built for this kombucha life. OK, he's ready for your digestion to never be a thought in your in your process. You know, you just clear it. I'll say this. There's somebody who's not in wrestling anymore. And I knew he was a bullshit artist when he said to me, he said, oh, what's kombucha? Like even my 59 year old dad knows what kombucha is. This is don't play. Don't play a player. Okay. So you saw Titan. I did. And you said it was. You said it was a lot of things. I had my eyes in front of my face or my hands in front of my face for quite really? a bit. I literally, because I, I just, I don't, as you know, I don't have a TV because I'm trying this weird non-media thing. Okay, so this bit. is like, you're jumping back into media and all of a sudden it's like car fucking and yeah, skin because I, I pick stuff that would have been interesting. I'm like a former heroin addict that goes on binges every once in a while because I'll pick like really intense stuff to watch. And so it's like it, when you're doing it, you're like, we're at least going to do the hard shit. Exactly. If I'm going to go yeah. in for this weekend, exactly. we're going to do the hard shit. Where's the French film about a woman who fucks cars and changes the world of, of her own identity? It was so incredibly visceral the entire movie that there was just no taking a break from it at any point that like I had it on my iPad and was literally changing the rooms that I was in like every 20 minutes <laughs> just to make sure you were still with it all. Oh my God. Well, like, I feel like it's been October's like movie month for me. I think it is for kind of everyone. So I do have to recommend you go see Lamb or maybe we'll rent it and just laugh the whole time because what a, fu- what a fun Christmas tale. <laughs> <laughs> Numi Rapace, Iceland, Lamb People. Oh, from um, Girl with Dragon Tattoo, the original. Was she one? in that one? The, I don't know. The OG one. Was she in that? I remember her from. She was in that Prometheus movie. I think. Yes, that was the one alien movie. She was I the one from no the one original one. Is that I real? I think so. I Who don't was, know because it, it was someone else in the Either Daniel way. Craig one, right? Either way, it to me, it felt magic. And we haven't been here in a minute, which is kind of. I think we needed that pause in my life. I needed the pause in my life. What I've learned though this week 
is when I am not doing a lot of stuff. Like I had matches this weekend and that's what this podcast is going to be about. But boy, have I been eating cake and getting stoned. Like that's, it's almost like I I hit a point where I was like, what am I going to do? And I thought about it honestly on the way over here. I was like, I have had so many cake varieties over the last week. Yesterday, I had an Italian corn and green tea cake that was incredible. Uh, I had angel food cake the other day, also incredible. Uh, Today, I had a Louisiana crunch cake. Uh, I had a sweet potato mousse cake the other day as well. I can't stop eating cake when I am sort of in... It's like my hibernation ritual. So where are you getting all these cakes from? Because these anywhere, anywhere. If I see cake, I had a banana pudding the other day with cake in it, like a shortbread cake banana pudding. Oh my goodness! I can't stop eating cake, and it's fine. Like I'm still going to the gym. I feel fine. I feel good. My body needed cake. Like I don't know. There, there's something in me that is like, give me the sweets. We need all the sweets and hard meats. The time has come. And so it's almost like it's in preparation for a power growth situation. Interesting. Like I'm eating, like I'm not trying to exaggerate here, man. I'm eating a lot of cake. And I hope one day to sort of do an exhibit where people can just watch me eat desserts all day. Because I think postmodern art is the best kind of art. And Peter, I've got an exciting announcement. People are taking notice of what we're doing here. Weekend at Effie's is the name of the podcast. But I mean, like, listen... It's weekend at Peter's too. That's, you know, we're checking in with you too. I thought the other day, why haven't you been asking Peter to end the episode with a fun Africa story? And then I thought that was a little exploitative. But when I think of postmodern art, I think of us. I think we are both postmodern artists. And now there's a podcast that that handles postmodern art. They're getting into all of it. Did you know folk punk is also postmodern art in a lot of ways? I never thought of it like that. It can be now because it is sort of its own kayfabe. I want to say this. The Postmodern Art Podcast is a real podcast. You can check it out. And as someone that you know is very strong on the internet, because Effie is the internet, I do know a few things about incredible art content out in the world, especially when it comes to other people's cool art. And now this Postmodern Art Podcast, and maybe they'll talk about you too, Peter, because aliens keep coming into your film studio and and it's beautiful, but they're taking every form of media on. You're talking about music, animation, sculpture, comic books, even Edith Surreal has been featured on an episode and she is one of the most incredible artists. Edith Surreal just got an embosser, so she is now embossing her prints with her logo. And if that's not postmodern, beautiful art, I don't even know what to tell you. Either way, I want you guys to check it out if you want to. At PostModArtPod on Twitter and Instagram. And obviously, just look it up. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of this. It's a good time. We're keeping the energy up. And... Uh, I'm happy to have you on board. Postmodern Art Podcast. Check them out. I had a weird fucking weekend, Peter. I did. I just did have a weird fucking weekend. And I knew it would be. But it was still weird. And I don't know if it's the weirdest of all. And I think next weekend is going to be way weirder. Like, I think next week's episode is going to be like... We have to record Wednesday or Thursday next week. I'm sorry. That's great. Is it? Yeah, because I I just found out about some information next week and I kind of have to preface the podcast with this because part of the stuff that's crazy in my week, I can't be like 
as divulgent about. Uh, but I do want to say that like, I'm very proud of myself because you go, well, what will it be like if this happens in your professional wrestling career? What would this be like? And I answered that question so many times this weekend by just like mentally flexing my mind cock and just going like, do you know, do you know who I am? I know who you are cause I know everything, but do you know? And they go, I don't know. And I go, let me clear up the, the fucking informational tube for you then. And so I got this weird phone call. First off, this is the public phone call. We're, I, I'm, I just told you I have to leave early Sunday because we're going to the barbed wire explosion match in a baseball stadium in New Jersey. I called Alex, who is my wrestling is gay partner, uh, and that new stuff will be up soon. But I called him and I said, listen, you know, I know you love fest. You can't go see Crime and Stereo now because we're going to New Jersey for the exploding barbed wire match. And he said, whatever. And I, so we got our flights. We're going up. Shout out Matt Tremont. Shout out Onita. It's going to be crazy. But first, we're going to Fest next weekend. But this phone call, this particular phone call, I keep Are you really taking around. Crime and Stereo away from him? Yeah, I'm ripping Damn. it from him. They just got back together, didn't they? Fuck. Yeah. Really rude of yeah. me. I know. They're one of my favorites. He used to listen to the CDs in the car. And so I know a lot about them, but I haven't like... I wouldn't like wait for them behind a building to sign my vinyl. You know what they're, I mean? They're one of those bands. If they hit for you, it felt like all the songs were written for and about you in a very personal kind of way. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really, if you I, didn't, if they, yeah, it's like, they were one of those hit or miss kind of, yeah. or, you know, there's also so many bands in that scene that you kind of pick a lane and stay generally about in there. Cause they were like the, Atreyu fans, like the Under Oath fans, yeah. and then the like Saves the Day fans, and they all kind of diverged in between somewhere in there. It's funny running into like post scene people after. My boyfriend, like, a big Under Oath fan. Yeah. Yeah, in that regard. So I get, I mean, I get it, but also like I needed him to understand that also like this is my job and I got to go to the Exploding Bar Wire match. So that'll be happening. Uh, I hope it's exciting. I'm teaming up with G Raver, who fought me in the tournament of survival and put salt and vinegar chips in my back God. to take on two of the young bucks, not the young bucks, which is a different. Do you know who the, who the young bucks are? I know who young buck is. Yeah. Young buck. That's all that matters. Two of the young bucks of the H2O training Academy, Marcus Mathers and Austin Luke. Either way, I'm getting away from this phone call where I said, someone told you I would do something for you. Is what I had to say to them. And I said, it's not true or untrue, but I'm going to get things off my chest with you. I did. And then we came to an agreement. And so I'm going to go fuck around and uh, mess some shit up and just get rowdy. And it's happy. I'm happy to think in my mind of all these situations that now I don't question anything when I go, no, or like, this is what I do, or this is what I'm doing, or like, I'm going to say what I want. And then they go, good, that's what we expect at this point. And you're like, it's working. It's working. I didn't talk at all about Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, which was not this weekend, but was last weekend. Uh, Sorry to the fans. We tried to defend our tag championships. When a homeboy's shoulders came apart or something, he did it to him. It wasn't, I didn't do it to him. So we took the match home very quickly, very early. And I'm sorry to the fans who didn't get to see more. That was uh, last weekend's episode of Weekend at Effie's. That was the only match I had. That was it. This weekend, though, I, oh, I, here's the real problem I'm running into. When all of this stuff happens at once, what I have determined is 
sometimes I can't remember the day before when I left. And I want to make sure I'm not like missing out on anything I did on this particular Thursday because I feel like there was so much going on that week. Nope, nothing going on. It was all it was all a dream. Uh, I left Friday for Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. It's fantastic. I took a lunch flight, so I didn't have to wake up early. I landed. I went and got a Cubano sandwich and a coffee. I went and hung out with Trevor Outlaw. Shout out Trevor Outlaw, who I talked him out of that speeding ticket the one time. He's really coming to his own since I got him out of his 88 and a 55 or whatever it was that he was doing in Alabama. Have we ever told that story? I don't think so. Oh, my God. So Trevor Outlaw and me... One time, we're out on the road of Alabama coming back from New South, and he had driven me out in his car. This was at the time where he was like at the Nightmare Factory with uh, Brody over there. I love the name, the Nightmare Factory. It's, it, I, yeah, it's great. We love the Nightmare Factory, whatever. We're driving back from New South, and this dude's speeding, and I'm just hitting my raisin vape at this point. Lucy knows this story, because, and Lucy wants me to make a caveat here to say, I understand this story involves white privilege. I understand that. We get pulled by the cops. And I say, Trevor, do not say anything unless I tell you to. And just go by the books. And dog, this this thing, this officer comes up and he rolls the window down and I go full Memphis wrestling legend on this dude. And I go, oh, officer, I'm sorry, baby. What just happened here? He said, he's doing 88 and a 55, man. I said, God, you dumbass. I said, I let this boy drive me to and from Atlanta. We just was working main event up there in Huntsville for the people. They had the kids out there Sunday night. And I knew this motherfucker was driving fast, but I should pay better attention. You write up whatever freaking ticket you need for that man. He is not doing what he's supposed to. Come on, man. Cop goes back. Another cop pulls up. Other side of the window. I pull the same gimmick. How long y'all gonna have me sitting here? I told him he's an idiot. Write that ticket up. But my neck is hurting, baby. We was doing it for the people. And he's like, okay, sir, okay. And the cop comes back and he goes, I'm gonna let you off with just a warning here, son. But you need to make sure he's taking care of him back home. So y'all get on the road, but don't speed through here. It's real dangerous. I said, if this dude had opened this trunk and seen all the wrestling is gay and pantyhose and sparkle... He would have never fallen for this, but he let Trevor Outlaw off with a warning. I we've we've definitely talked about this on that show, haven't we? No? I don't think so. And I think you, it's ringing some bells that I think you've maybe told me. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna check. People let us know in the email. What's the email they're supposed to email? Weekendeffies at gmail.com. Weekend at effies at gmail.com. Ask your questions. Let me know if I've already told that story in other ways. I've been hitting the head with chairs before, people. I can tell stories twice. I can do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have too many cop stories in my life. I'll really risk it with the cops. That's And I hate that because it's a white privilege that I'm allowed to even mess with the cops. Cops are racist. Uh, next, in Chicago, we went to freelance. What if we had to elect cops? Like every four years, we elect all the cops. I would elect doing a good or mostly job. 86 to 88-year-old women, not because they're not any more or less racist or bad, but because uh, they're usually going to do something better with their time. They go, I don't have as much left as I thought. I'd rather do other things. And so if we elect them to be cops, they're not going to do as much. They're gonna, they'd rather go to the... Have you ever been to a, an outdoor Florida shopping mall? I don't believe so. Yeah, well, it's lovely. It's hot. Is it like There's a snacks. flea market? No, it's you know luxury, but it's hot out there. There's snacks. Uh, 
I would have liked anyone shopping at those places to be cops. That's my choice. Perfect. Chicago, freelance. And it felt like it felt like freelance, baby. It felt hot tonight in Chicago because it was sold out completely. Uh, and I was working a singles match against Wes Barkley. And Wes is like a he's like a, a mystery to me and possibly to himself. Because he's like kind of the hype guy for Josh Bishop for a while when he was doing like a heel champion run. Y'all know Josh Bishop. Just like just a mountain of of muscular man and blonde hair. It's incredible. Uh, but Wes has kind of been there as the like talk I hype man. And I was like, Wes, fucking bring it, bro. Are you a wrestler? And he was like, Yeah, I'm a wrestler. So fucking wrestle me. And freelance fills up with like, I'd say th- hardcore wrestling fans and 60% they just come to freelance. They live in Chicago. They want to get drunk on beer and it's incredible. And so you kind of find this balance in your wrestling style there between just being ridiculous and gaudy and weird. And then, you know, sort of adding the wrestling pepper in there. But these aren't fans who are going to be like, I can't, I can't believe he turked the Kimura lock for a full minute before getting barricaded into his own grappling techniques. You know, he's really come so far in his groundwork. It'll never be that because that doesn't intrigue normal people. That's like, there's like six weird guys named Carl that like, that's what they're into. And unfortunately a lot of wrestling often plays to that, but at freelance, we we are never pressured to play to that. And there's like a lot of really fun, wild wrestling, but there's risk taking and character and weirdness and clowns. My whole fucking weekend was clowns. Peter West Barkley's not a clown, but Frank, the clown was like main event, three clowns on the poster Friday night. And we'll get to the other fucking clown. Cause that's a big portion of what we need to talk about. We got to talk Do about you, the clowns. Like how many wrestling clowns are there? If you had to say. Well, in Mexico, there's a long tradition of different wrestling clowns, like murder clown and psycho okay. clown. and So do they, but the American is clowns, a clown. do they infringe on each other's clown territory? Because I feel like that's Yeah, well, sometimes they do. And there's a f- clown now named Maka Maka from Australia who is kind of an untrained YouTube star who dresses like Ronald McDonald and just does glass work. I was hoping because that's what McDonald's is in Australia. Right, right. So Makamaka is just out here doing his stunts with mostly Jimmy Lloyd at Indies. But then there's like Dirty Ron McDonald, and then there's Doink the Clown. I threw Dirty Ron off the roof in San Diego. You don't remember this episode, Peter? It was incredible. It's just It's so hard to keep track. Off the roof. That's the sound that clown made. Uh, A lot of clowns, actually. Alabama Doink. You know who R.I.P. Alabama Doink? He pretended to be Doink, the other Doink, who's also dead. Clowns don't have a long shelf life, not for the character necessarily, because clowns are eternal and they've been here forever, but for the length of life. Like, something about the clown curses you over time, which is nerve-wracking. Wes Barkley's kind of not a clown, though, and he has this big, like, curly lion hair, and he has the most uh, big, like just giant big smile and he's pumped and he's looking at you and he beat the shit out of me and it was insane. Uh, but I won, I clearly won. And when you're in freelance in Logan square auditorium, this, it was sold out finally again. I think we had a few tickets left over last time. This one was sold out. The room goes dark. The lighters are up. People are singing along to Elton John and I'm just swaying and vibing. And there's something I've really gotten into the thought process of like ceremony this week, right? 
how everything is sort of its own ceremony. Like to me now going to the airport is a ceremony. And I think when you repeat ceremonies over and over, there's oft times where like different things will come into your ceremony that will add or subtract. And you can feel right away and familiar ceremony of like, it wasn't perfect this time. I mean, it's still, we got to where we needed to go with the ceremony, but it was still like this thing. And so when you're repeating these ceremonies or repeating these airport ceremonies, like, and repeating these entrance ceremonies, certain rooms where you are doing the same ceremony of entrance that I'm doing multiple times a week, it has a very intense recharging feel when you hit that shit exactly the way you want. And what people don't notice in my entrance in this, the final part of the ceremony, when I come up from my knees to my legs and up high to usually stretch my arms out, uh, the final pop, the final pop is when it clicks and when I'm kind of usually out of there, if you know what I mean. Uh, so feeling that ceremony in that room at full capacity again, after all of this and all of this, whatever, like, boy, there's some power in that. And Wes Barkley found out on the Instagram, you saw those punches I was throwing. I was throwing some like spirit of Terry Funk, 1988, just like, we're going to do it. We're going to punch each other in the face. I got kicked by a horse. I don't care forever. Uh, it was a blast, dude. Chicago is a blast. And thus began after this match, not to just jump ahead, but like there's a great crew of people who hang out in the alley with clouds of smoke after those shows, uh, and shout out Chicago, Rob, shout out Riley, shout out all the team. And we had those Ohio boys out there with us. Wes was there with, you know, a few of his guys and they didn't even make it to dinner afterwards. It was, it gets intense in that alley. Shout out Logan square auditorium. I think about buildings too. And like, I don't think ghosts necessarily are, uh, like ghost ghosts. I think there's like wipes of time that are Often, you know, it's like when you re-record over a VHS and you sort of just get glimpses because you think about a space. That Logan Square Auditorium, man, there is a... Everything has happened in that room, man. Everything. So you're just kind of like in these staircases and rooms and bathrooms and stuff where you're like, what occurred in this exact spot over many moments of time and many moons? It's incredible. We went to the diner after. um, And luckily... One of our good buddies uh, who comes to the show, and he has previously handed me some uh, $100 bills when I've been getting food, which is incredible, but he took us all out for diner food, and I asked, I ordered a lot of food anyway, Peter, and this is what I kind of have to get into, like, I've been eating, and not like all the time, like not every meal, but like eating, and I said, uh, I got an order of three crepes with fresh fruit, bacon, a lot of bacon. And then I said, can I get two biscuits on the side with jam? And she said, yes. And she brought out a full casserole plate of eight biscuits soaked in country gravy. And I said, this isn't what I wanted, but I didn't say it out loud because it was what I wanted. And I ate almost all of it. I was just hunkering gravy down, dude. Like I've been so hungry lately it's unbelievable. And not, I don't know, it's, I'm expelling the energy, but I'm eating, you know? Whew. I saw that look, Peter. I mean, you yeah. know, the shifts uh, are, are here. You, are you eating for two? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm eating for two. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's weird with this travel schedule going to the West Coast, though, because you never have time to like wait around. So, like, I'm pretty sure. I slept for like an hour maybe. And then I went right back to O'Hare, Chicago, baby, and got on that plane and went deep 
to the West Coast again. The West Coast is on fire, dude. I mean, literally, but also like for wrestling, like okay. metaphorically yeah. for wrestling, West Coast, Viva, Viva the West Coast. I landed so early at LAX, which is a nightmare. And that sounds like, like what a bougie little thing to say. And like, it's such a nightmare to fly into LAX. Like what a, what a cheesy thing to say. It's such a nightmare to fly into LAX. But Dark Sheik landed the same time as me, and Pollo Del Mar was there because she was helping out with GCW Bloodsport, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. And we're gonna, I have a little Josh Barnett moment later in this episode. We all get in the car together, we check into the hotel and drop our bags, and then out on the town. And we went in to get uh, legal smoking goods for me and the Dark Sheik. Dark Sheik had such a fun weekend. And. We just hung out the whole time, and it was incredible. She had this match with AJ Gray that was like, I think it was my favorite Dark Sheik match, and AJ Gray kept doing this thing where like, he would beat the shit out of her, and then she would suffer, and he would make fun of her suffering, and it was like very Taijiri, uh, like Healy, Rudo fun, and it was... What a fun match. There was just some big spots in there. Okay, but me and Dark Sheik, we buy the weed, and then... Poya Del Mar sees a beauty shop. And look what I bought at the beauty shop. I bought a soft pink leather hat. I was admiring shop. that earlier. I bought some sunglasses too, but we just went in there and we were looking at all the fashion and beauty and wigs and hair and jewels. And I was like, why have I not ever gone to beauty shops more? They also have razor blades for a dollar, which like I can always use a hefty pack of razor blades for reasons unknown including but not limited to my face. <laughs> but after that I was like I had I had like you know the stuff you buy out there in California that you smoke it's just it's heavy. And I was like we have to go somewhere. Where did we go except for Denny's and what did I order? Crepes, bacon and biscuits. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What whole plates and, oh, pancake puppies. Chocolate chip pancake puppies. Oh, technically what? also a type of cake. Oh, my God. People are going to be like, how does Effie look like this when all he eats is cake and bacon? And I'll say, I don't know. I just don't know anymore, man. It's a mystery to me. I do a lot of push-ups. That's the, that's the game. Now, at this point in my day, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm having such a good time with my friends. We end up going back to the hotel. We're watching TV. AJ Gray shows up. We see our other friends. Uh, you know, Nick Wayne shows up. And I. there is no time where I feel like an older uh, man, like an older person, than when Nick Wayne shows up. Who is He is the son of professional, professional wrestling's buddy Wayne. And he is, I think, 16 and almost 17. And like... Every time I see him, like, I'm a pretty cool, normal dude, and I'm, like, pretty hip with most things. But I see him, and something goes off in my brain, and I go, like, I start giving him, like, like you better stay in school and do good grades. you got a lot of options in your life. Don't just don't just give up everything to do this just right away. you got to have a backup plan. And I'm like, where did this 55-year-old come out of? But it's nothing that's bad advice. It's like, yo, you got to tell this kid, like, you were 16 and you were an idiot, and you barely made it through anything. Please just... Take it all in and do it. We chilled, but I'm honestly, I'm a little bit nervous here because a lot of the matches I have are with people I like really know uh -huh. and with people who 
also speak English for the most part. And Psychoclone does speak English more than a lot of those uh, Lucha guys do, but it's been like, it's been like the 50th check mark in a row of, of, of me saying to myself, like, dog, it is so unacceptable that you don't know Spanish to me. Like, there are too many times in my life I have been to Spain. I'm going to go wrestle in Mexico. I'm doing Mexican trips. I'm working with Mexican luchadors now. How do I not know fucking Spanish? I was even at the spirit thing and the guy I was trying to help him scan his passport because he couldn't figure it out. And I didn't have a way to communicate with him. I'm disgusted with myself for not knowing Spanish. It's, it's so lazy on my part. And I'm not telling everyone, I'm not sitting here preaching like everybody learns Spanish. I'm saying like my life would be so much easier and more rewarding if I fucking spoke Spanish. Yeah. Either way, we get to the show, and I'm not a guy who call, who likes to like meet up with you about a match early. Like it's not for me. But God bless Gringo Loco, who is also a luchador, uh, lives in Chicago, very incredible at professional wrestling. Um, he has that good Spanish translation, and Kevin, 35 millimeter photograph wrestling, where they could sort of be like. PsychoCon didn't know who Effie was. PsychoCon didn't even really know what this match was announced. He knew he was coming to GCW. Like that's PsychoCon has a team. He is of like he is of importance in Mexican wrestling. His father was Super Porky, who is a you know a big comedy wrestling big legend. Did a lot of things in in Mexican wrestling and passed away recently. But like he knows everyone in Mexican wrestling. A big star for AAA, which is like the largest Mexican promotion. And this is like, this is one of those matches where they're like, we want to give Psycho Clown kind of an easy enough night to where he's not going to have to like die. But also we wanted to be really fun and have people get into it. And so when we first met at the venue, Ukrainian Cultural Center, and here's, this is for the wrestling fans. I tweeted it, but I need you to hear it again because it blows my mind. Effie at the Ukrainian Cultural Center has had matches against Matt Justice and Mance Warner, SGC, Eddie Kingston, who I tapped out in the Ukrainian Cultural Center, Ricky Shane Page, this week, Psycho Clown, and Two Cold Scorpio, and I've done commentary with X-Pac over a Dark Sheik Nick Gage match. What a weird fucking career I've had in the Ukrainian Cultural Center. Tonight was with the Psycho Clown, and I told him, I said, look, easy stuff, we're both over, Let's make it work. And he said, yeah, about good wrestling, good wrestling, good wrestling. I said, I know, I know good wrestling. Right, I know. And he was a little, I don't even want to say dismissive, but he had stuff to do and we weren't talking. I said, I'll get with you later. I don't care. He goes up for his meet and greet. And I don't have confirmation of this, but I know what happened. And shout out to all the Effie fans who wanted to meet Psycho Clown. This man was overwhelmed and bombarded with the amount of people going Holy shit, you and Effie. Holy shit, I can't believe this match is happening with you and Effie. I can't believe you're wrestling, Effie. This is insane, you and Effie. When this man came to the back and while we're waiting for this show, he said, oh, Effie. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know. You're so over. This is incredible. Oh, my gosh. The people, they love you. And I said, they love you. They love both of us. And... He called that he was calling the match, you know, a little bit with me. I'm giving away so much here, but I really don't give a shit. These are for if you're listening to this, you kind of know what's up. And he said, you know, my entrance song is pretty over. And I go, my yeah, my entrance song also pretty over. And boy, did he find out it was all over. Uh, it was so loud in that room. And like I was outside all night. The Ukrainian Culture Center, the only negative is the locker room is an alley. All right. We're not gonna <laughs> lie to you. We're in an alley, like 
And you're not in an alley with like, oh, this is a bumfuck wrestling show. You're in a fucking alley that <laughs> has X-Pac and Ron Funches and Nick Gage and Minoru Suzuki and Psycho Clown all just kind of standing there next to a parking garage <laughs> waiting to go out to entertain thousands of people on stream. And, you know, like over 1,200 people in that room watching wrestling. It was so loud and so hot in there. But it was the energy of that fucking room for that match was insane. And look, I, I think everybody said, look, Psycho Clown, y'all had a great one. But somebody said, oh, Effie didn't do that many moves. I said, this wasn't a match where Effie needed to do anything but exist in front of the Psycho Clown to give him to the audience. But I did do a few things, and I did some unacceptable shit, Peter. There was, at one point when this room, at, they had cheered me tremendously the whole time. They booed me heavily, and I'll tell you why. I kicked that luchador in the nuts, and I ripped his mask off of his face. Oh, no. And without his mask, I rolled his ass up, and I beat the fucking Psycho Clown in the middle of that ring. I beat Psycho Clown on his GCW debut. Psycho Clown underestimated Effie, and guess what? I don't like when you come to me afterwards, you've already been dismissive. I don't like when you come to me begging for things after I've already told you what I can do. I don't like giving you deals three years after I've already told you what was possible. I don't like that energy. And so I ripped his fucking mask off. And I'll rip anyone's mask off, metaphorically, if they want to do this shit. We're in a new era where, look, yeah, after... More distribution, hard work, and more matches. If you can prove yourself in wrestling, you get more over. But we're not talking about more over anymore. By my 32nd birthday in June, there will not be a more powerful voice in professional wrestling or sports entertainment than Effie. And I can guarantee it. And now I'm getting to witness it day in and day out. And unfortunately, it sounds like I've got a bit of a diva ego. People will pull this clip and they'll say he sounds like a diva. And he sounds like the... I'm just being an objective motherfucker at this point, and I am tired of holding my tongue. No one knows wrestling like Effie knows it, and you think you do? Well, just listen, people. Just listen. You don't. Effie does all of it. Psycho clown, man. Now, how do I know I did decent with this? Number one, Ron Funches was on commentary, and he loved it. So he's he's like a part of the wrestling. He world showed now. up and said, "Look, Brett, I want to watch the show and hang out tonight." And I said, "Ron Funches, listen to me right now. You need to be back in that ring. You were too good at this on the first try for you not to get back out there and give this a try. Don't mess your schedule up. Don't mess this up. You're not taking spots. You sell tickets. Come give it what you want." And I know if Ron ever felt up for it, I'd give him an even more fun match than Deppen. I don't talk as much as Deppen does, but I. Uh, I know how to have a good time. Either way, he's on my commentary, which gets me so hyped. And Dark Sheik pulled me aside. And I'm not, this isn't a, this isn't me outing anything or trying to make it sound like a fairy tale. It's kind of a fairy tale. We had a monitor backstage this time, which is a real fucking difference maker to see the stream live while it's happening. Right. And people have been kind of watching the matches all night. And a lot of the people tuned in for the main event. But Dark Sheik said, Almost everyone was back here just sitting around watching you in Psycho Clown. And I was like, what? She's like, like sitting on the floor Indian style, like just indigenous style. I'm sorry. On the floor, just all peeking in, all looking, all watching, taking in this wild ass moment. And I was like, this shit rips. I did break some chairs, though. 
and we're not supposed to, and I'm really sorry about it. These beautiful bamboo event chairs. Because at one point, Cyclone dove on me, and then he just picked me up and threw me through like six chairs at once. And I like cracked through the bamboo because all this cake I'm eating. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. The, the, the LA vibes cooled down after that. And we ended up just kind of chilling, hanging out. Now, we just part- participated in Gravity in the kitchen. And I want to shout out Callie Joe again because not only this time. Did Callie Joe bring the dankest of danks? He also took me to the airport at LAX Sunday morning when I needed to go. Beautiful. It was incredible. It's a magic moment. It's everything I needed. That flight back was perfect. And I had all intent in my heart to go see Orville Peck and Modest Mouse and The Strokes Sunday night at Shaky Knees Festival. It was all of my intention. And I got home and I sat down and... Me and my boyfriend just started talking and being lazy and being cute and playing with the dog and boom, nothing. Just just nothing. We just did it. Nothing. It was I love incredible. It. That's great. Also, Cranberry did go on a hike up and down a mountain last week. Me and Stunt Marshall wanted to go hiking. Shout out Stunt Marshall, aka Hate Hogan. Uh we got lost on Kennesaw Mountain. Oh, shit. And so Cranberry ended up hiking like six miles. And it was the day before I left for this whole trip. That is what happened the day before. I went hiking on the mountain before I left. AJ said that Friday she got out of bed once to go to the bathroom and got back in the bed. And she was over it. Six miles over it. Wow. Beautiful. The bed just got set up and delivered. He just sent a picture. I said I would not tell him how much I spent on the bed until he slept in it. Oh, it does look good. I'm still not going to tell him how much I spent on the bed. He, But he still thinks you're like a struggling artist though, right? It is the funniest thing in the world for him to be like, like, I'll be like, hey, let me, like I get home, I get into town and I'm like, let's go out for dinner together. Let's celebrate. Let's, you know, be a hot couple. Like, and he's like. How are we going to pay the gas bill? I was like, well, the gas bill was $41. And also, we're good. And like I told you outside, I was like, I've been a bit of a a slacker on my finances, like keeping up with it. But I'm also, if y'all met my dad, you'd be like, oh, your brain is mentally able to do this very easily. The only thing he cares about is doing uh, financial math. And so that's all I do in my head all the time. So I'm usually kind of up to date with what I think I'm at. And I found out I... God bless all of the Effie fans, is what I'm going to say. God bless all of the people watching my Twitch. God bless everyone coming to shows, buying shirts, supporting, coming to the big gay brunches, coming to any kind of event. There's going to be way more types of events coming, and we're just getting started, and it's already better than I could imagine. Now, Peter, tell me a story about Africa. (laughs) Okay, what kind of story do you want to hear? I don't, just whatever comes to the top of your head that sets the, I want you to just like set an environment. It doesn't have to have a punchline or anything. Just like, what was it like? What was it like grocery shopping? Like you guys were like going to go grocery shopping. Okay, that's an interesting one. So something that people don't realize about Africa is that, um, and Kenya in particular, is that it's not really just Africans. Uh, There's an incredibly large Indian population, as in like from India population, not indigenous people. Um, 
And they tended to literally set up shop and just kind of run everything to where all of the grocery stores that you would go into would be essentially like Hindu or Sikh run. So there would be like specific um, stipulations as far as the kind of products that they would carry in the different stores and everything. So it almost like shifts sort of what the food being eaten in the area is. Exactly. That's incredible. Um, And I remember distinctly when the grocery... So there... Nairobi was so weird. So like we live, everyone thinks I lived in like a hut and they're like, no, no, I mean, this is, I'm not asking like, Oh, like take me out on the safari. Like Africa is a place with cities and roads and cars and people and jobs and economy. The, the supermarket that we went to was inside the only mall that we had. And that was down the street from my house. So I could walk to the mall and it was an Indian run mall. It was called Yaya center. Okay. Y a Y a. And the grocery store was called Shandarana. And that I, sounds fun. It, it was fun. And what was really fun was when the older generation that was running that store finally died and like the new, uh, like the younger sons came yeah. in to run it is they put um, titty magazines in the store. <laughs> Did everybody love the titty magazines? I love the titty magazines. Oh, that yeah. was like the first, I, I think that's when I sexually imprinted was going to the grocery store and like seeing those titty like i can remember it as if it was yesterday is it shandarana yeah shandarana i can see why you would yaya shandarana if that's what's going on down there that's incredible what a what a cultural zeitgeist i'm guessing with the uh churchy background though they weren't excited for you to just roll in there and look at women's breasts not at all oh well i mean look look where it got you my and when I was in high school, my mom caught me looking at lesbian porn. Oh man! And we sat down to have that conversation, and she like very tearfully looks at me and says, "I just want to make sure that it's their bodies that you're interested in, and that you don't approve of their lifestyle." She thought you were getting off on like, "I'm glad they're homosexuals." <laughs> yeah. She was like, "What is she was like? I want to make sure that what your motivations are." I want to be the like kind of reasonable pastor that a parent brings that to. That's like, my son was watching lesbians. Do you think he's approving of their gay lifestyle? Is he trying to let them get married? No, I think he's just, uh, I think it's, he likes women and there's two of them. So it's kind of, that's, I think that might've been what it was. And you're just like over there going like, yeah, give them rights. Make sure they can get married in a court of law, baby. I mean, I guess they they had right to uh, be worried about that because I did a few years later. I sat with my mom and I was like, "You're homophobic," and I don't think that's cool. Like, because like I was like, I had a bunch of gay friends and everything, yeah. and I was like, I don't think that the, like what you're telling me and what I'm seeing in the real <laughs> world not are lining not up. lining up whatsoever. <laughs> that it was like, there's one conclusion here, and it's you guys are really homophobic. Oh no. God, you know what's not homophobic? Postmodern art. Guys, make sure you check out the Postmodern Art Podcast. They have uh, guests from all over, all types of art, including professional wrestling's Edith Surreal, who I am a super fan of and will continue trying to be as around her as possible in pro wrestling just so I can buy and see her cool stuff. Postmodern Art Podcast. Check it out. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google, other ways. Thankful to have them on board as a sponsor this week. Peter, do we have any questions from the email? Did we get one? We sort of kind of have a question. This isn't as much of a question as it is, hey, are you aware of this? Okay. And you and I have already had this conversation. 
but are you aware of bones or no bones? Yeah. So we had that talk that we didn't record anything with no, this. We, we just didn't. talked. We in just here talked about because this. I, came I was over too to excited house about last it. Week. I ruined it. I was too excited. You didn't ruin it. Uh, you didn't ruin it. We were in here last week when we were with Della McQueen, who was going to help me with my hair, and you were bringing up bones or no bones mm-hmm. at that point. From the moment you said bones or no bones, it has been the only thing I've heard. And you even said, like, what, uh, uh, the press secretary was talking about bones or no Someone bones? At the Pentagon started a briefing with, well, since today is a, a bones day. I want to let everyone know that over the past few weeks, and Peter understands this, I have been given constant notes and signs and readings and appearances and coincidences that lend themselves to a similar theory of the bones or no bones. But I, I find it fascinating that the bones or no bones is with a dog because I've always been told that dogs sort of only understand, is this thing bringing me good things or is this thing bringing me bad things? Like that's sort of the understanding. So bones and no bones really kind of clears that down and it uncomplicates but i hope that people don't look at a no bones day as a curse because there are days where if you accept that you don't have bones you get a lot more done because your body is able to really come back you know whether it's a bone body or not you can't always have bones Mm -mm. you just can't do it Mm -mm. there's a lot of times where i gotta have real strong bones when i'm catching a psycho clown when he's you know calling me what possible spanish slurs i don't know i think i can't understand what he was saying and i said what does that mean he said it's from soccer it wasn't it was puto i know uh it is what it is it was a time of my life i do want to leave with with this on bones or no bones there's been a lot of situations where i thought i had bones and this situation i thought i had bones but i didn't and here's what it was I finished that match. I'm hanging out. We're all talking. Great group of guys back there. Nick Gage going on for the main event. Now, Josh Barnett runs shows with GCW. Effie has run shows with GCW. We're similar in that regard, but he is an MMA legend. We've never really communicated, though, because he definitely doesn't think that I'm a pro wrestler in a lot of ways. And that's fine, because I don't think he is either. You know, work, shoot, work doesn't work for me, brother. But he did, after that Psycho Clown match, come give me a little pinch on the back of the arm, like a little, like, not like a pinch, like a, but like a little, like, what do you call it? Affection, like an affectionate little pinch and a little head knob. And he said, yeah, good a little jo- squeeze. And he said, good job. Boy, the bones melted. I may have had bones before that, but my bones melted. I think I've just, I think I've needed a daddy to come pinch the back of my arm and say, I did a good job. And y'all can't tell me shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we have so much weird shit coming up, people. I have so many weird adventures coming up. We are going to do uh we're going to do a, a little bit of a weird episode coming up soon, but next week we'll we'll be reporting in from Fest from New Jersey and from the secret surprises that that uh have come up where next week I will be talking big shit too. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Nothing. I don't have plans. Huh. All right. We'll talk. Okay. We'll talk. Cool. Effie lives on everything. Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, not on Grinder. That's it. Please listen to this podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, Peter, what do you got? Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter at LowSkyDance, L-O-W-S-K-Y Dance. I take photos of aliens. 
and uh, like, rate, podcast on whatever your favorite listening platform is. It's amazing. I always thought it was just kind of like Spotify or iTunes, but there's like five or six others. Oh, yeah. It's coming in. People listen on other podcast platforms. I had no idea. Someone told me we need to get these episodes on YouTube. Okay. They said we need to just up, upload them and put them That's up easy. and get them out there for people to listen to on their YouTube app. We're going to do it. What? Yeah. I got bones.